Welcome to the Of Course China podcast, where China expats Zivan Fernando bring forth the stories and know-how of people making their mark in the Middle Kingdom. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. We appreciate your support and thank you for listening. We are today with Tony Huang in Songshan Lake in his office, Fuka. We are also part of... Uh, yeah, we're here. This building is a, a founder space, which is a quite well-known American accelerator that have their uh, place here in Songshan Lake. Tony's company is in one of the floors here, and we, we will talk about uh, his company doing AI and uh, other kind of high-tech, and his story of going to the U.S. and coming back to start a company here. That's, that's a very important part of the story, coming yeah. back to China. So right. you want to watch this one until the end. Hey, Tony. <laughs> yes. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, and thank you for having us here. It's a really interesting place. Yeah, mm -hmm. four, four floors of very nice space. Right. Yeah. But before we go into talking about your company, mm -hmm. talking about AI, that's, I think, really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I took a walk with you the other day, remember, in yeah. uh, at the park. It was yeah, really, nice I asked you a lot of questions, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like I usually do. And uh, I found your, your story, your own personal story, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, are, you were born in China. You yes. were born in China, right? Yes. But you're an American citizen today. Yes. Right. Yes. So, like, from getting from there to here, that's really interesting to me. Um, you, you said you grew up in, in the countryside. Yes. Where was that? I grew up in the north part of Guangdong. North part of uh, Guangdong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the border between Guangdong and the Jiangxi provinces. Right. And we, when, when you said it the other day, we spoke about how, from my experience, uh, people growing up in the countryside go further in life. Like, they, they, they work harder, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Yes. I mean, uh, as you, can, you know... In last four decades, little bit more than four decades, this huge change in China. Right. That's right. I still remember when we were like a little kid, we could say sometimes we didn't have enough food. Hmm. That's right. So the top priority at that time was looking for something to eat. Right. That's right. Of course, for our parents, I mean, that time they are looking for the uh, education opportunity for, for kids. the kids, right? So I was lucky, and I have good parents that decide to put me into school instead of just working in the rice land. Some kids were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, a lot of kids were just yeah, working. Yeah, just working the, and uh, help parents to to plant the rice and right. work in the rice field. But I was lucky, and they put their my parents decided to put. Uh, their every kids into the school, so I got the uh, chance to 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 go to the good school. Going going to school in China and then uh, moving to the United States or studying in the United States seems like a dream for a lot of people, mm -hmm. like like an impossibility. Right. Mm -hmm. um, how did that manifest uh, in your life? How did you go from 
from did, China to the US. Did you first go to university here in China? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I I uh, go to the university called Zhongshan University, Zhongshan and University. that's um, one of very popular and uh, good university in China. Mm-hmm. And um, I study physics science there. And uh, I also, after I graduated from Zhongshan University, I worked in Zhuhai for okay. a couple of years. Okay. And At the university in Zhuhai? No, just, oh. just I, I work for a company there. Okay. It, the cool thing is, you did, I don't know if I told you before, I work for a racing car company. Racing car company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the, uh, Zhuhai has a, a Formula 3 track. Is that related? The Formula... Three is car. Macau? That no, no, Zhuhai has. Zhuhai has one. Oh, okay. Zhuhai, the fourth racing car company, or the fourth racing car, what they call the track. The track, yeah. yeah. Was in Zhuhai. The right. fourth one in China, I think whole China. The, I think the GM is Malaysian. Been there for a very long time. Uh, I've heard that. But mm-hmm. but that was in the 90s? Yeah, it was in the, the 90s. 90s. Yes. So, or, so you work for that company. What did you do for that company? I managed the racing Teens, to, mm-hmm. I did a lot of like management for that. Oh, so it's nothing to do with physics that you studied? Actually, no. No. <laughs> no, it was it was quite different. Did you get were to race? You, were you interested in cars? I mean, or was it just a job opportunity? I was, of course, by that time, if you, in the 90s in China, for the young generation, if you have car, it's kind of today you have the helicopter in China. Yes, mm. like 90s, like, yeah, not yeah. many people had cars. Yes, yet. yes. So definitely I had the interest on the cars. <laughs> is right. Also, I working that team, I got a very good um, uh, chance or opportunity to talk to, connect to a lot of people who can buy from Australia, from America, from Europe. That's right. Okay. So give, it gave me the good opportunity to learn the uh, uh, to learn everything, really the true things about the West. Yeah, West. Right. That's right. The lifestyle, how the people walk, and how people uh, respect the uh, uh, professional thing. So at that time, you were already working, uh, had some communication with foreigners. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. And so you, you already your English was good back then. But I mean, I still don't think my English is good today. <laughs> but definitely now my English is so better. much better than that time. But that time I just I could talk. I mean, right. I could talk to the people. Understanding yeah. is a lot easier than talking, of course. At the That's beginning. true. Yes. Yeah. So so you did it for two years after uh, uh, getting your bachelor's degree, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happened after that? So at some point after uh, I worked in China for a few years, I realized I, I still want to go back to school. And I decided to, hey, what should I do? And then I decided to go to school in the US. That's right. Yeah, so and what I do you ask? Like, how do you decide to go to school in the US? Why? How do you make it happen? How do I make it happen? You have to study hard. Definitely, let me say, when I working for the racing car company, that's right, and I got the chance to uh, uh, know a lot of fans from outside China, like uh, <coughs> a lot of fans, a lot of connections from US, from Europe, from Australia. So, and I, I don't, 
I won't say there's only there's some kind of like key motivation make me make me de- decide to go to US. It's just like a, it comes out. I just came up and you wanted to go to the US. Yeah. To study what? <clears throat> I, I of course I mean of in terms of school. Yes, right. Because my background was physics science, so I I, I went to school for physics science, and uh, but I didn't fi- I didn't finish the. Uh, the uh, doctor degree for physics science, and I changed my major to computer science. Wait, that's in the U.S. already. Yeah, that's right? in U.S. But already. okay, so before that, like uh, Fernando was, I think he was getting into the how do you make it happen, right? Like, so going to study in the U.S. Did you it's, get a it's a lot of money, right? Did you? Oh yeah. How you, do you make that happen? First of all, you you still need to study, right? To get a good score, to get the people. To get a professor in the in the university in U.S. university to, to know you to accept you, yes, right? Right. and by that time our income was so so low, right? Mm. So we definitely had, didn't have enough money to go to school direct go to school in U.S. directly. Yes, so we got to find a way to get the scholarship. Scholarship, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Okay, so you you managed to get a scholarship to go to, so in the 90s, it was 98, right? When you went to the US, yeah, right? Yeah, the US went to US, so was you were going to do your masters or a second bachelor or what was that? I, the first of all, I tried to get my doctor degree doctor for physics science right. and I didn't face that one because I, I realized the one I really want to do was computer, is computer science. Mm-hmm. So I changed my major. I got my master degree of computer science from uh, California State University. So. 90s computers were not popular in China, I'm sure, right? I mean, for me, my, my first computer I remember well, must have been like 95 mm-hmm. computer, like mm-hmm. not like a Game Boy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but in China, I bet it was not even like that yet, right? Well, when I, sorry, when I arrived here in 2000 and I brought my laptop, Mm-hmm. I think I told you this story before to, to the listeners or the, the people watching. And uh, I went to teach at a factory. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the one of the person in front of like that laptop is from here. I said, no, I bought it in America. Said, no, we make it here. I don't think so. Flips it over. Dongguan. Ah, made, made here. <laughs> like literally yeah. in Dongguan. No, no, but I mean, people didn't have it. They were making it. But people, did people... By, uh, by computers, not yet. No, in not many. Let me say, in eighties or nineties, last century in China, the government here they are no, but by that time they are no computer is kind of the future. Okay. So the government puts uh, put a lot of efforts, investments into the computer industry by that time. Ah, uh-huh, okay. So of course, because I went to university in China, so I I got a very good uh, chance to uh, use the computer in school. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I had a computer already. I had a laptop when I was in <coughs> by that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, moving to the US, so 98, you got accepted, you, you managed to secure a scholarship, mm-hmm. and you moved to California. Mm-hmm. How was that? <laughs> what do you remember from the day oh. or... You know, yeah, that's more than 20 years ago. Well, was that the first time that you went out of China? Yes. Yeah, it was the first time. And you landed yes. in LA, S- San Francisco? Uh, LA, International Airport. It's a long flight. <laughs> yeah, by that time, it's just so huge uh, difference between countries by that time. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the first moment I get into the car, I took the car from airport, but 
to the apartment where I, 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 I rent. The whole way I just seeing, oh my God, it's just so much different, so big, huge, different world. Right. It's like, <laughs> and, and um, yeah, that's I just, what, what I say, just, I, I would say, just, I, I realized I was in totally different world. Right. Yeah. So you, you went for physics, but you changed after a while, you say. Yeah, right? after one to year. To com computer science. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so how, how many years did you study there? I studied in school about three years. Three years in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you study in California, uh, uh, were, I guess there were Chinese, a lot of Chinese students there. Oh yeah, by that time there's uh, even there's more today. Yeah, and I'm by sure. By that time there's a lot, of, a lot of like international students from China, from India, from all the countries, as you see in right. US always. Is it? Uh, we I think we talked with some people about that. Uh, the situation where. Um, the Chinese students in the U.S., uh, a lot of them, they just keep between themselves, right? They just, the uh, community is mm -hmm. more tight. Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, what was it? I think Billy talked about it, maybe? Like, uh, hang around with the same Chinese and people. And just he keep eating noodles yeah. the whole four years. They don't, they don't want to, to incorporate uh, to the rest of society to stay together with the other Chinese people. Was it like that feeling? Was that your experience or...? Yeah, that's kind of a common thing even today for the international students in the US. Not I just mean, Chinese, I guess. I yeah, not words. just Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. French mm -hmm. get together, German, mm -hmm. German people get mm -hmm. together. Other communities. Together. And yeah, it, 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 it makes sense. It makes sense. Right. And for me, yes, I mean, in, in after class for like uh, normal life, still a lot of uh, Chinese fans get together. Right. Yeah. I was lucky because when I work on my thesis and my professor, she's Jewish, mm -hmm. right. and she helped me build a lot of connection to the uh, different type of people. What was his, your thesis about? My thesis about? Yeah, what was it about? Uh, we did the AI thing. AI, AI. already. Well, we used AI algorithm for speech and speaker recognition. Okay. Yeah, to help people to use the algorithm, use device to help it to, to, to do the hearing aid. Huh? Hearing yeah. aid, okay. So, yeah. so you were already, so you got interested, you started getting interested in AI yeah. back then. Yes. I see. That's 20 years what, ago. What did you do after graduation? Uh, I worked for a big company in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I won't, uh, yeah, I thought, Jeff uh, probably no idea to say the so, name. So the also AI. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. use the AI for management, for security. But okay. I mean, you yeah. graduated, okay, in 2000, 2001 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. so, like something like that. And uh, you decided, I want to stay here. I want to get a job in the US. I mean, you were not a US citizen yet, mm -hmm. right? You mm -hmm. were, how, how did that happen? Because we spoke about it the other day, right? Mm -hmm. um, it seems that, um, Nowadays, nowadays, that mm -hmm. vast majority of Chinese overseas students, mm -hmm. especially from Guangdong, because mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm not in Beijing or I don't know how it goes there, but uh, they study abroad and they come back. Mm -hmm. it, to me, it feels like everybody come back today. And maybe because now China is the place. Come back yeah. to where the opportunities are, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I got the education. And maybe 20 years ago, it was not like that yet, right? So how was it for you? to make the decision? And did you have any family pressure? 
to come back to come or back. so how how was that or to stay <laughs> no it's kind of i i do have very i don't have very be honest that i don't have very like uh, um big challenge or what's the biggest motivation let me stay in us it's kind of just got my job you just got a job offer yeah i started Basically? i started to have i before my graduation i started to have internship right and, yeah and uh, to work on some project or project right so just got kind of very smoothly just so you get a job there. offer and you yeah. just okay you took the job and yeah. things just happened right yeah, yeah. Not, not too much like a story in right. that part <laughs> yeah <laughs> just lucky i would say so yeah. how, how how long you, you stayed in the u.s for 15 years eventually in the end uh, right yes before i start um I, i came back here to start my own business i i i i been working there 15 years do yes. you see many of those uh those classmates you had chinese ones back then those chinese students mm-hmm. a lot of them stayed in the us after graduating the percentage in that age the percentage of students staying in us is much higher than today that's what you say right mm, yeah that's what you can see right because like, now for this generation that's you can you say that almost all the students finish their degree in us then come back in china to work is right but that time Yeah, I, I guess very high percentage p- students stay in in US. It's uh it's it's interesting because you talked about getting a scholarship. You came from the countryside. Your mm-hmm. your parents weren't rich, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we live in Dongguan, and I know a lot of the overseas students. Um, and they have an association here. Is yeah, OSA. Yeah, DG OSA, DG Overseas uh, Scholar Association, and um, it's it seems that pretty much all of them are rich. Like so, they come back to that family business and and something like that, um, but I guess there is a big portion of uh, Chinese overseas students that they just managed to find a scholarship way to go there. Yeah, yeah the time in our age, yeah. right, that time, uh, most most people like us, we we we, we didn't have if we don't. If we didn't get a scholarship, there's no way we can go to US. Right. Right? Because the income, the whatever, more for most people in China by that time, we we, mm-hmm. we didn't have enough money mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. we don't get a scholarship. But today, the income is so much higher in China. That's right. There's a lot of, especially for the business uh, owner. Yeah, they have more than enough money to support their kids to go outside China. Yeah, I think education. a lot of those uh, rich people, a lot of these people with uh, means now, they get they got their wealth in the last two decades, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not like before that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting because you can, I don't know which scholarship you got. Was it like a government scholarship or whatever? But there are many scholarships that are available. Also for foreign students to come to China mm-hmm. for university, mm-hmm. um, and and we spoke to Rachel about right about yeah. that too. So um, so I guess there are ways to go to study abroad uh, for that. So you you stayed you worked in that company for a very long time or in San Diego? Yeah, yeah. I you, always work for you, a company. You, ah, you there. worked for that same company for a long time. Yes. Um, what can you tell us about like where you involved the community, the IT? the technology the ai in 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 uh, california you spent some time in silicon valley uh 
Oh, I yes, uh, the the job I I've been working there. We used to work with a lot of company in from Silicon Valley. Cooperating. Yeah, okay. cooperating, and we do things together. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that's why I also have a lot of connections or network, big, uh, a lot of fans in Silicon Valley. All right. So we spoke mm-hmm. before uh, before we started recording. We spoke about like the Chinese community and in, in, in California and Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are more and more Chinese nowadays than before because China technology is getting so strong. Yes, you just mentioned there's more or a lot of student come by China after uh, they are graduated in the US, right. right? But I still seeing I still seeing there's so much more Asians, Chinese people in Silicon Valley in whole California than the time I just uh, went there today. Those Chinese people, are they Chinese citizens or American citizens? It depends. Both. It depends both, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know if it's you know I just came to my mind this question like uh, for so for example Apple or Google mm-hmm. do they employ Chinese people in the US? Not, oh not, yeah, they're not Chinese still. with American citizen Chinese mm. Chinese. Yeah, yeah, they they do. Are, they, they means they hire good graduates from different schools, right? And those some of them are Chinese. Right, so it doesn't matter yeah. The, yeah. the nationality. Yeah, they mean. just yeah. need the talents. They don't care the talent. who they are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is is a lot of the um, uh, IT business and IT research? Does it have a chance here in China? Do you think it will maybe move to China and China become the hub of technology? I think so. I mean, in terms of the digitalization uh, or. For the whole society, we talk about digital transformation, mm-hmm. and there's huge opportunity in China, and uh, and another matter for the business or uh, for the market or for the, for in terms of the uh, governments or the whole society management services. There's there's. You can see there's a um, huge opportunity for mm. digitalization. I've, I've heard a lot of businesses that are considering moving from Western places, like, like, like for example, like the stock market. The stock market is looking really positively at moving to Shanghai, for example. Moving or well, uh, investing, opening? Uh, opening and investing Not and, and working. It, right. Well, it becomes a branch. Branch. With yeah, a branching. lot more possibilities. Branching so, in China. Right. Um, what would be the Silicon Valley of uh, China. Is it not Shenzhen? Or what so do you think is the Silicon, what's the Silicon Valley, Valley of, of China? China? Uh, I would say uh, what Silicon means for China, the same what Silicon means for the entire world. Mm-hmm. If you go to the good companies such as like Intel, Google, Facebook, or some uh, go school there like Stanford. You see all kinds of people from all over the world, not just from China. Mm-hmm. That's right. People wants to learn the idea. People wants to learn the good technology there. People wants to find the uh, uh, talents there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not just from China. Where where is it in China? Like where would you say? 
one location city, in China which city that is uh, comparable to Silicon Valley or there are probably I, a few places. I, I, I don't put too strong my personal point about that, but I can see the key power today is like the key power today is innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a matter of innovation of the business model or the innovation of like uh, technology. You mean in China? Yeah, not the 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 whole world, the whole world, the whole world. Right. So in China, the same thing. Why can you see the especially the tier one cities such as Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen, Guangzhou? They are very keen at uh, uh, the government is very keen at the innovation thing. That's right. Right. And they want to bring the innovative people. They want to bring the talents who, <coughs> who has like a very innovative idea. What yeah. about, uh, what about that claim that uh, China just copied technology, and uh, in the last in the last few years, I mean, I think Jack Ma said a few years ago that uh, if we first they copy and then they got better than the. The original or something like that. Mm-hmm. There was some kind of, uh, right? I would say two things. One thing is, uh, as the digitalization of the whole world get deeper and deeper, and the ideas thing or what you do in one point is, let me say what happened here, you could see in a couple of seconds in Silicon Valley. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened in Silicon Valley, you will see in China here in a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. So if you just simply you copy something from Silicon Valley, do it in China, probably today is not that age anymore. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's just different, uh, different generation. So you do need the, uh, like what's the original innovation. That's right. You, you need to do real innovation today in China. Right. Then you could become successful. Uh, I've always uh, understood China as being um, a meritocracy, as in you have to give good results and you have to perform well to be promoted. And that is a little bit opposed to the idea of... Um, research or implementation of new ideas, innovation, because there's a lot of trial and error when you do innovation. Um, how do you think the future of China is uh, in terms of innovation? Um, th- th- think about education, yeah, the Gaokao, for example. Mm-hmm. Everything is about, okay, how well do you do, how, how well do you remember these things? I don't see much innovation in the education of Chinese it doesn't, students. You, you don't feel that it's educating for innovation. Exactly. Right? That system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how, yeah, so in that, you know, in this kind of situation, how do they still manage to innovate uh, growing up in that system? That's what you're saying, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I mean do, how do you see China changing to create more creative people, more innovative people, when the education system is not built for that? Uh, I, I guess there's, uh, there's we, we, we can talk about a lot about education, right? But probably we don't focus on that part today. But in, we, if we talk about innovation, that's, the, uh, that's always the topic in my life, in my job. 
It's like how we use the uh, creative idea or innovative uh, way to use the technology to solve the problem. That's my whole career. Can you teach? But I mean, maybe maybe we ask it differently. Like you have people working for you here in a company. Mm -hmm. They're Chinese people, Mm -hmm. right? There are Chinese people that uh, many, most of them studied in China, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, when you see them, can you know? You studied in the U.S., you came back here after mm. 15 years, right? And mm-hmm. also you have American friends, you've seen people, Western people in technology industry. Mm-hmm. When you look at the people working here for you that grew up here in China, mm-hmm. how do you, do you see the, their ability to innovate? Is it a good one? Are they behind people that studied abroad? Here is the thing. Let me say, we talk about like copy hats things, right? And in last decade, few decades, you don't have, you, you, you didn't really have um, uh, uh, like a real innovation. You, you could be very successful. As the age change, as the whole country being better and better developed. That's right. So when we talk about innovation, we really need to think about what's the motivation for innovation. That's mm. right. It's not just simply probably talk about the education, talk about the way people work. We need to really think about what's the innovation, what's the motivation for innovation. Mm. Because in all the innovation, there's cost for it. Like as you say, mm. there's always there a lot of fair, 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 okay? So why people still want to do it? There must be some inno- motivation for it. Right. Yeah, that's right. If the, if you, you need to have motivation for yeah, it. That's you what you're saying. If maybe there is no motivation for it, then... There's no innovation. There is no innovation, right? All right. Yeah. Um, Tony, we're going to yeah. take a very, very short break. We're back with Tony H. <laughs> Tony H. <laughs> so, so, Tony, um, we spoke about you growing up, going to America, uh, being in IT, and then a few years ago, you decided to come back here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when was so that? suddenly, why? 2013. 2013, coming back to China. What uh, made you decide that? Oh, this, uh, I, I, I would say, um, I original from China, mm-hmm. right. right? Not a matter good or bad, I understand it. <laughs> That's right, I feel, it's kind of feel comfortable. Right. Uh, not a matter you face to the good or bad. You feel comfortable, you know it, you understand it. Right. And uh, of course, I mean, in terms of a start of the business, then you need to think about what you do, what's the opportunity. It's like, so what I see is, like what I just said, for the digitalization of the whole country, I see there's so much opportunity in China. Right. And uh, I see there's so um, strong demand of the new technology, of the digital innovation. Oh, sorry, when, in when, China. You, when you when you say digitalization, what does that mean exactly? Let me say you. Um, when we talk about digitalization, just give a simple. When we talk about digitalization of a company. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's not just for the company to buy the software. It's ne- buying the software. Of course, you need a budget for buying the software. Mm-hmm. But the biggest part is when you use the software. Using, yeah. Using the software. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, right. If you use the software in a proper way, it saves your money, saves your cost for your business operation. But if you use software in a wrong methodology, it could cause your nightmare. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what you can see. There's a lot of company bought software. They give up a few mm-hmm. years after their buyer they're being using it. Right. Why? Because they realize, oh, it didn't help me. It cost me more. It's not something wrong with the software. It's something wrong with the way how they implement the software in their business. Mm-hmm. That's what we call we used to call digitalization of your business. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so you decided to come back here. You saw the opportunity, mm-hmm. 2013. After 15 years in the U.S., mm-hmm. you already became an American citizen, mm-hmm. um, and um, you came here uh, directly with the idea of opening your own company. Mm-hmm. You okay. had some uh, VCs. You have investors already because you know many people in in the U.S. Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. It was that right away from the beginning. When you, no, came, when you I, came here? I guess uh, at the beginning I started business by my own okay. and uh, with my friends okay. and we often put uh, some funds into it and uh, then we realized what we do, we are helping the customer here, create a value for them and, uh, and then we decide to um, have a bigger team here and, uh, and uh, up to you, uh, like a Less than two years after we established the business here, and we got the VC from China, and so so that was uh, the whole Fuka. Yeah, for the Fuka. Fuka uh, right away. You came to China. You started Fuka. Mm-hmm. It's a high tech company, mm-hmm. and you focus on uh, AI, AI mm-hmm. right from the beginning, right? Yeah, we we yeah we focus on AI and uh, we build the AI driven solution for smart cities, smart community. And uh, right from the beginning, that was the focus, right? Okay, yeah. smart cities, smart communities, AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did you start this in Dongguan? Oh yeah, my I start my business in Dongguan in Sunset Lake. Why? Why Dongguan? Uh, why? Um, first of all, I grew up in Guangdong. You grew up mm-hmm. in Guangdong, yeah. That's right. So I know Guangdong pretty well. You speak Baihua. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and Dongguan is in Guangdong. Also, you, you, as you can see, is right. We talk. People talk about the Grand Bay. What's that called? Great Bay Greater area. Bay area. Greater Bay area. Yes. And Dongguan, what's that called? Geographically, Dongguan is the center of the right. uh, Greater Bay area. And so Songshan, the location is pretty good. And Songshan Lake is yeah. uh, trying to focus on high tech. Yeah. So yeah. that uh, that felt like the right place for you. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I like Susan Lake. Susan Lake just looks so nice to me. Yeah. And, it does. Uh, it's good for the high tech company. It does. It does look nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you a question. When people hear the word AI, when people talk about AI, mm-hmm. it scares people. Why do you think that is, and and uh, why are they wrong? If people feels cool, feels safe, or feels feels risk of AI, it's not something wrong with the AI. That's right. And even you feel it's good, AI is not something good with AI. It's the way how we use AI. Mm-hmm. It's not 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 just not just the AI for any technology. Mm-hmm. It's like 
we, we probably not a good idea to talk about good or bad or how good or how bad of the technology itself. We should talk about the way how we use the technology. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? So AI is the technology. Yes, so it depends the way how we use it. It's very simple. Just for one of the rock, it's right. What you use the rock for? It's like people, the human being using the rock for million years already. It's right. We still using it. Mm-hmm. So what we we use the rock for anything? Right. It can be used thing. for good things. Can yeah. be used for bad yeah, things. Yeah, right. the same thing. But I mean, yeah. you know, maybe because you are so much into it and you you really do AI. Um, specifically for, like you said, uh, community management mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Fernando talks about more like the big picture, mm-hmm. like because I think yeah. when a regular person, when a when a really the most uh, regular person that doesn't work in technology mm-hmm. hears AI, just these these two letters AI, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people think of the future. Machines will take over our yeah, planets. You know. Will Machine will become intelligent, you know. We and and that's what he means, right? Mm-hmm. But I think you're doing uh, the actual application of AI in daily life, so you know too much about it to be even understanding someone from the outside thinking that. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people, or I personally, uh, was influenced by reading Isaac Asimov. Right. So all these all these futuristic fiction. science fiction and like books. Mm. <laughs> right, so people are influenced by that because they don't understand the the, 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 the specific application and the, the value, uh, usefulness of, of what AI actually does right now. That what it does, which we will talk about, right? So, um, so this is why it's it's actually interesting to understand that AI is already used in so many things that mm-hmm. everybody go through every day of their life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you so showed us you showed us something uh, yeah. about some of the parking solutions that you guys that was developed yes. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you showed us how your particular product is more cost effective than other products that are used. Could you give us an idea of uh, how does it work, basically? You guys are right. I mean, AI being used uh, in in all uh, in, in all um, different uh, area. It's like right. not a matter for biotech, for doctor, or for society. Yes, right? right. And what we focus on, we use the AI for um, for smart city in the smart community. And of course, I mean, uh, for our company, we focus on the AI. Uh, driven solution to help the business to improve the management, mm-hmm. to improve their efficiency of the uh, what they are doing. Mm-hmm. So we try to help them to reduce the cost, to improve the, uh, uh, the way how uh, they are typical doing things, such as what you just said, parking management. Mm-hmm. And for in terms of business, we always think about how we use the technology to to uh, save the cost for business. It's right to um, do things a different way, and and um, yeah, we 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 we. I would say um, the AI thing what we do, we use for business operation, we use for communities management, we use for like a city management, all those. I remember Mm -hmm. before I came to to China, I was a young kid, probably 23, 24, um, we opened 
in a city in my country something like an intelligent building. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's an intelligent building. What does that mean? Oh, what does that mean? Smart building. Yeah. Smart building. Um, but then nowadays, pretty much everything is as Yeah, I mean, think about it, right? Like you can now easily, I think anyone can do it. Probably uh, we can uh, program our our AC, mm-hmm. right? To um, to always turn off five minutes after we leave home, just mm-hmm. by location. We don't mm-hmm. need to do anything, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or even the, the system can learn our pattern of coming home and mm-hmm. before we come home they will they, it will put the AC on mm-hmm. right yeah. that's mm-hmm. AI in some way right a simple one is that uh, if like just they learn the pattern of when when we come home and by the way when we say smart city or smart building or smart device it depends it's right like what you say you consider that smart 10 years ago you won't say it's smart today right? yeah, like, <laughs> right? so yes. for whatever the smart device buildings or smart solution today you think it's smart man not smart anymore in five years it's not smart enough because you, yeah. yeah. you showed us a, a project that you did at an exhibition center so you guys are able to monitor everything the whole exhibition center in, mm-hmm. in that uh, exhibition center from uh, temperature, people walking in, people walking out, different entrances, different. Uh, that to me is today's definition of a smart building. Mm-hmm. What would be tomorrow's? Yeah, what can <laughs> we add to that, right? Yeah. I mean, because you showed us, right? It's temperature, humidity, people in, people out, this mm-hmm. area, that area, CO2 levels. Uh, I mean, you got all the information mm-hmm. uh, of what's taking place in the building. Right. What's next? <laughs> the next I say, I would say, we, I talk about a lot of like digitalization of the whole society, yes, mm-hmm. right? So when we say the building, the city, I would say, as long as the digitalization of the city gets more and more area or more and more deeper. Can you give us example with like that the person experience mm-hmm. but he doesn't even know he's experiencing it let me say today because people we put in more sensors chips mm-hmm. yes. everywhere right right it's like the lights, air conditions yeah. the roads yeah. traffic right it's like so the, we, are, we are collecting the more dead more and more data, data. Mm-hmm. it's like so right now we, we are still working on it. it's like we how we put all those data together make a data work together. Mm-hmm. It's like to make the city run more and more precisely. It's right. like we could, right now we, are, we feel very comfortable to control your phone. It's like to control one device. So how can you, how can you run a city including the, the whole city, the business, the people, the buildings, the traffic, everything, such as you can manage the iPhone simply. Right. That's right. I, it's the, the, maybe one day. I, what I can see is one day we can manage the city the same simple as you manage your iPhone. So back back to back to what Fernando said before. So so this is very powerful. Mm-hmm. So when people are afraid, maybe it's being used in wrong ways. But that's, I guess, not the business you're in. You are into what can we do that is useful mm-hmm. with no, that kind of... I mean, the technology that is being developed has enormous potential. Yes. And it's a tool. Mm-hmm. You can use a hammer to build a table or you can use a t- 
hammer to break that glass. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So it's how it's used which makes it different, yes. and that's what scares people. Like, which hands are handling this tool? Right. Right. That's the big. That's the biggest thing, I think. So, so back to I, I do want to talk about that that project that Fernando mentioned. Can we talk about the yeah. the, the, the parking lot? Mm-hmm. The yes, parking lot. Of course. So yes. what you showed us is that. Uh, Basically, um, you can. It reads your face, and it will tell you. That's that's the end result, right? It will tell you where your car is. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a big parking lot, and mm-hmm. you know people always forget where mm-hmm. they put their cars. Mm-hmm. So um, you use technology to, of course, uh, uh, read the uh, license plates, mm-hmm. but also face recognition, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then later on, on the big screen with a map. You you scan your face Mm -hmm. and it tells you exactly how to go to find your car, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So I've never seen it in real, but you say it's already in practice in some places. I've seen it, for example, in Google, but not with your face. Mm -hmm. You actually have to key in your license plate and then it tells you. That's not as uh, cool. Not as sophisticated (laughs) as this one. Right. (laughs) So, yes, that's very interesting part you you bring up. So let me say if the... The uh, management side decide like collecting your personal data. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not the way that it's intended. supposed to be. Right. That's right. So you should let the people who wants to use our face or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So in my system, we always let the consumer to choose to decide if they want to be, uh, if they want to use the technology or not. A lot of this this data is actually, for example, um, I don't remember where I got this information, but I was talking to somebody that in malls, they have AI mm-hmm. detecting, oh, this is a couple, oh, this is a mother with a kid, mm-hmm. and how many people are coming, at what time. Mm-hmm. And they take Just all this information. records? No, to devise marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. At what time do we have more families? Mm-hmm. At what time do we have with single ladies? Right. Mm-hmm. So they use AI. To, to devise marketing strategies. But this is taking place, if I'm not mistaken, in Guomao today. Right. To, to you mean you're just walking around, you don't most people don't even no. realize you don't this know. is happening. Exactly. And this is this is de- delivering information to a certain database that is being used to well play certain music at a certain time or do you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But this this is I think uh it's a big debate online uh, in the West, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, is this, is this a privacy issue, you know? So this it was a huge thing. Sorry, on Twitter, I, I, I made a, a short video when I was at an airport, and I'm walking down the street, da, 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 and then all of a sudden I look at the screen, and there's my face, and I said, like, oh, you are five minutes away from your gate. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, How do they... Yeah. yeah. That is, <laughs> that is uh, interesting. But it, mean, is, it is a service. But it surprises you. So, so the issue here is this. If it's used in the right way and a non-violent, uh, uh, aggressive, uh, uh, bad intentional way, it's great if it's not used that way, right? If it's used just to be useful, our life is getting more comfortable, more easy. You're walking and it tells you you have five more minutes. My reaction was, wow, so cool. Yeah, it's cool. Twitter, you're a sheeple. You're like right, right. So Western, uh, Western <laughs> convention is that uh, privacy is above. I always know, say, I always everything. say, our guest is a little bit silent, but I always say that if you have nothing to hide, what's it's all for the a good service. In you China, there is no 
this discussion too much. Americans think about that. Chinese don't, right? Chinese just, oh, this is great. This is uh, innovation and technology. And great and, uh, service. Life is better, so why not? <laughs> I guess the definition of pi- like privacy, mm-hmm. the definition of privacy also is, is something keep change all the way. Yes, right? For today, you may think that's the sensitive data or that's the privacy, but you right. may not think that's the privacy anymore five years right. later. It's already Think, think about COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. How much resistant has there been in the West about tracing? It was, but I think it's less now, right? Yeah. It's like subsided, you know, it's like... Yeah, but we in China, sure, just let me scan, let me scan. Let so me. people have different, yeah, it's a different um, mentality about that, I think. Here is the thing, right? Let me say, um, we because we talk the whole world talk about AI a lot in the last few years, right? And especially for the face recognition, and it being used a lot in China. Also, it's it's used it also used in in US as well. Um, use the face recognition knows who you are, where you are. Use the camera, it's right. Do you think that's faster than just the, the phone company knows where you are? No. Mm. The cell phone being used almost 20 years. Once mm. you use the cell phone, the they, phone they company know knows you where are. you are exactly mm. as 20 years ago. Faster. Much faster than the AI. You know, but you just don't, we just don't really realize that. Yeah. yeah it's already 20, 20 years that, uh, I mean, like you said, whether with the phone or whatever, otherwise cameras just... You know, face recognition also, I mean, at least think about if someone needs to find you, someone, authority, police, if mm-hmm. they need to, f- mm-hmm. they, that's what they use to find you. Look, uh, I was in Beijing at an innovation center in December, uh, courtesy of CRI, <laughs> and they took us to a stand where ByteDance has a special booth where um, people can post videos of people that are missing. Mm-hmm. Like, like people with Alzheimer's, elderly, for example, that get lost and whatever. And um, they had a very high success rate of finding people that are lost mm-hmm. just oh. using face recognition <coughs> in the street. Huh. So it's sense. an integration between... Nothing to do with TikTok, just... No, it's, it's a separate it's thing. something they do. But it's, it's something oh, that okay. they do. So they connect uh, cameras and surveillance to reports of people missing. Right. So it's used in a very good way. I asked the question, can the police do this? They did not answer, though. But Of course the police can do that. Of course, of yeah. course. I right. suppose they, <laughs> they do. But um, again, it's the application for the good of, of the people. Yeah, but when they talk about privacy also, yeah, it's another thing. Like, like I said before, if, if someone wants to find you, someone with authority, with access, police, whatever, they can find you. Probably 10 minutes, they find you, wherever mm-hmm. you are. It doesn't matter. Today, Not necessarily China, any other country. Any other countries, any mm-hmm. other countries, US too, yes. But it's not like they know where I am right now. Nobody's interested in where I am right now. Mm-hmm. But if I did something bad in the future or before, uh, they, they can know that I was here now. And, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, it's, 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 it's an information. I don't think we can stop it. I think let's just enjoy how it makes our lives better, all this AI. I have a question for you. If the phone is able to do this, why did we need tracing for COVID, but not just follow my phone? 
That's a good question because the. What do I need to actually physically click, click, and give more information if you already know where I am? Oh, Maybe okay. it makes things that's smoother. No, the the but the thing is the AI thing can do things more precisely. So you use your phone, but we don't know if it's really you hosting ah, your okay. phone. So so yeah, I mean also <laughs> probably other things too, right? I yeah. mean they, they 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 can trace us without, but they get very limited information, right? Mm -hmm. But if we are if we are giving consent, uh, there is more information they can get, mm -hmm. which also, they need in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Also, let me say for the phone company, for the, for the phone data, only the phone company has the data. Mm -hmm. so, so there are more company or more people wants to, to access to access different data. So we do that, then the government yeah. is centralizing it probably and allows more necessary bodies to, to know. But in Israel, for example, I remember already what it was last year, February, mm -hmm. when the COVID started to be uh, worse and worse. Um, there was a big uh, debate. Uh, the government decided to trace people. Mm -hmm. Nobody scan any code. That's where back to what you said. But even just to trace us, you need to pass a law. Mm. Because it's privacy laws. It's not mm -hmm. allowed in countries like Israel. In China, I don't think you need anything. But I'm not sure. But I don't think you need to announce or pass a law. I think the government just do this if they need to. In Israel and probably US, you need to like go through some approvals to yeah. do that. I think in China it's just this user license agreement, those EULAs, people maybe, just maybe, click. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Click, who reads But again, those? you know, um, <laughs> so, you know, people, uh, I think people in the West are much more sensitive <laughs> to, to these things. I wanted to talk about another project that, that you showed me last time I was here mm -hmm. um, that had to do with um, productivity of staff. Mm -hmm. That was very, yeah, interesting. very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, could you tell us a little bit about that that you showed me uh, last time I was here? I, I will talk about two things. One thing is for the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. That's right. We talk about a lot of like uh, automation thing. Uh -huh. That's right. So we, we put, right now we are producing a lot of stuff by the machine automatically. Mm -hmm. That's right. So let me say, for a lot of installation of the like the different part of the car, we use we use the robot. So we use the uh, manufacturer shop to do things automatically. So, so the the one you talk about we call management automation. Mm -hmm. right. So before if we like uh, during your work hours, if you should do this, you should do that, maybe you're a supervisor, your manager, your boss, uh, uh, is the manager to, to, to... Tell you. Yeah, to do that, that's right. But now we can just use the technology to do that. That's right. So not just for the monitoring people, what people's behavior, also sometimes it helps people to correct their behavior. Yeah, remember when I was here, you mentioned that, for example, when a customer walks through the door, mm -hmm. um, this system actually records, okay, how much time did it take for this employee to engage and welcome the and person? And then it can be analyzed and, and trained then can better, be better, right? Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. the, the point? Yeah, yeah. So just for, that's for what we call the uh, management enforcement. It's mm -hmm. like what I'm trying to say is. The technology is not just for the uh, enforcement, for the rules enforcement. Also, sometimes it, it can help you to improve your habit 
or to improve your behavior. It's like sometimes you don't know uh, when you're doing something, you don't know if your behavior is wrong or right. So, but did you give us an example? For for example, if you uh, uh, when you um, uh, sitting for too long, yes, yeah, sitting for too long, or no, let me let me say um, for the manufacturer working station, mm. work station, okay. right? So. If you install some part or you do something, you need the uh, you do it, you need to do it proper way. If you do something wrong, it may cause you very dangerous, or it could bring you very risky state. Mm-hmm. It's like it happens in the manufacturing area, but when people doing things, sometimes people doesn't realize his operation is wrong. Okay, that's right. So we can use technology to keep track of what, how they operate the the the, the power mm, okay. or how how they are. Mar- is it live? The, the, the is it yeah, live? You can do it in right. So like uh, it can be like suddenly red light. Do, 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 you're doing something wrong. Yeah, if he's doing something wrong, we yes. can just not him. Hey, you're doing in the proper way. Is this done but by with cameras or sensors? What's the difference? Because you said before sensors, right? Mm-hmm. And I think of cameras. Cameras and sensors, two different things, right? Very different. So, most things, I guess, you don't need a camera, it's just sensors? No, for that one, for, for us, we do use the camera. Cameras. We use the camera. Because the sensor, you... Let me say for, for the... Uh, let me say for the behavior analysis, mm-hmm. it's tough to use sensor or you install sensor. In, oh, oh, so, the, so, the camera, so the camera has a pre-programmed, the right movement. And mm-hmm. if, and then it can, it's the same like it's face recognition, it's movement it recognizes recognition. recognizes that is wrong. And they rec- the, camera, the software can recognize that this movement is wrong. Yeah. So this is, yeah. So what we call uh, behavior analysis. Behavior analysis. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> what else can that thing? So, this is uh, yeah. This is interesting. You could say management. It can help you with management. You know, if if you know that uh, um, um, you analyze the the behavior of the staff, and you can and maybe the the software analyze it by itself and just give you data, like a, right, like a main data, what to improve. Mm-hmm. So, um, what kind of companies use that other than manufacturing? Not in manufacturing, I can see that, but like, is it like just? Uh, it does it? Is it used in service in in consumer retail? Is it used in? I, I guess I mean you could use in in uh, a lot of uh, scenario, mm-hmm. another matter for manufacturer or for like a shopping mall, right? Or for like customer service center. Or for um, like a traffic control, it's right when people walk on the street, you're not supposed to walk somewhere. It's right you, you should walk on. Right, can be used in many many situations. Interesting. All right, we're gonna take another short break, and we come back to talk about more interesting things with Tony. And we are back with Tony H. 
Tony, this building is uh, Founder Space. Founder Space is an accelerator mm -hmm. uh, from America, right? Mm -hmm. uh, incubator, accelerator, however mm -hmm. you call it, for uh, startups. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy that founded Founder Space, uh, Steve Hoffman, mm -hmm. which I met here a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. right? Captain Hoff. And um, so now you have a few floors in these buildings where you accommodate startups. startups. Mm -hmm. uh, facilitate. How did you get into this? Um, how did it come about? Is your, was your office here before or at the same time? Or? Uh, here's the thing. Is like my company, Fuka, focuses on smart city, smart communities things. Right? So we, my company, Fuka, have uh, software, have AI solution, have some part for our customer. But when we talk about smart city, smart community, they need more supplier, they right. need more technology. Right. It's not all the technology my company can provide. Right. So, so what we call, there's a whole supplier chain we need yes. for whole so, smart city, smart community. So that's the whole idea why we, uh, or that's the motivation why we have Founder Space Innovation Center here. You want to build a community? Yeah. of, of uh, suppliers for the cities and that's that's interesting yeah we 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 want to bring the uh relate technology mm. we want to bring the into uh, one under one roof yeah under one roof so we can serve the same customer we can serve the same market together and and why startups is it usually with startups startups seems a lot of like <coughs> High techs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like when when I think of startups, it's mm. usually high tech. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but it's not necessarily right. It doesn't have to be high tech. Mm. A startup can be anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, startup could be anything. It's like to, you you could you could be like uh, the new way to provide a service right, or right, the right. new way to use the technology. Or a new brand, so a new product. Or just an innovative uh, table, whatever. You know, yeah. it can be a startup. <laughs> but yeah. but so so at the same time, Founder Space wanted to open a branch mm -hmm. in, in China. How, mm -hmm. how did you get in touch with them? You said you actually know Steve Hoffman oh, yeah. from, me, from before. Yeah, we are connected for many years. Okay. And uh, uh, there's... To, I guess there are three biggest reasons why Founder Space opened this branch here. One is the China is um, like uh, more in putting more and more efforts on the innovation. That's right. So there are, uh, the second thing is um, what we do. I just told you, yeah, what Fuka does. We right. need uh, more partners. We we, we we kind of want to bring the partners together to serve the same customer. Another way is Stephen Hoffman, he's very good at uh, building the innovation, building the escalator, building the, to build the incubator in China. And right. he knows China, he knows innovation, he knows a lot of like stars in, 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 in Silicon Valley in US. So, yeah, so this, so this founder space, they have, a, they have this incubator here <coughs> now in Dongguan, in Zhongshan Lake, and they also have one in Hangzhou. Oh yeah, they have one in Xi'an. But this, these are the Hondo. different, different. Um, is it a different focus? Maybe. Yeah. Is it different focus there? Uh yeah. Uh, basically, 
like what you say for founder space uh, incubator or say innovation center basically focus on the high tech it's like but high tech there's different high tech right different and from for this one here we focus on more digital more cities uh, yeah uh, I see. So, so, technologies. so uh, how it, it works, I guess, like any other uh, accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. You, uh, you may uh, present your, what your company does to the people in charge mm-hmm. and uh, you need to be accepted uh, through some kind of uh, conditions or, or deliberations, right? And mm-hmm. uh, then, then you get an office here, then you, you work here, you get... Um, you get some kind of uh, uh, support, mm-hmm. right, on, mm-hmm. on different levels, I guess, mm-hmm. whether yes. it's advice, mm-hmm. whether it's, yeah, different kind of level, even investment support mm-hmm. or connect, connection to other investors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like a greenhouse it, it gives for startups. You, it gives you access to yeah. a lot of people that are doing similar things. So right. there's a lot of exchange that takes place. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what makes it an accelerator. The, the right. information is all condensed in one place. What, what makes uh, <coughs> what makes it successful, like an incubator, like in general? The number of what, patents. What, the number what makes of it successful? There are different challenges for uh, 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 stars. That's right. So for stars, you 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 need a good idea, you need a, a, a customer, and you need the funds, you need a team. And uh, you need a product. So, so what Founder Space here is we uh, we have a team here who the team is, is dedicated to helping the stars to let me say to find to find your companies and to help the stars to find the right people. And the difference in here is. I get. I think the team here very focused on helping the startup to get the customer. Mm. That's right. Or in, including helping the startups to build connections, to to uh, uh, find the right customer. That's the top thing they are very keen at doing. Of course. Not just this, including all the typical surveys, such as um, to find the right people, to talk to the, uh, helping you build the right connection to the to the government, or to find the right investor. I mean, they also do those things, but the the the, the very big difference is they help you to find the right customer. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, how many startups do you have here now? For now, we have more than 20. More than 20. And uh, half of them is from uh, uh, US. Yes. So American Chinese? Yeah, American Chinese. American Chinese. So if, if somebody right now, an American Chinese, is back in the States and he's watching this video and saying like, hmm, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe these guys can help me. Mm-hmm. What do they have to do? How do they, well, how do they get here? Oh, it's simple. I mean, uh, as long as they have good idea, they can just log in to founderspace.com. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you can just uh, submit us an email or to fill out a form there. Just very simple. So mm-hmm. we will have So it goes through in. the main Founderspace yeah, website. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And um, any success story already from here? 
We saw a lot of patterns downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you can see we have a lot of patterns. You can see on the wall. Also, I mean, we actually uh, been operating a um, little bit less than a year. That's mm-hmm. right. And we have f- uh, a few very successful start already. That's that's very quick. Yeah, very yeah, quick. We have, we have more than three stars here get the very good investments. And, in uh, China? Yeah, in so China. So from Chinese investors? Yes. I yes. see. Okay. And most of them are uh, uh, very, are very successful getting the customer. Ah, so the yeah. most of them already have the product and uh, because it takes time, right? Some startups, they may work for three, four, five years and they're still not making any money. Mm-hmm. No, no customer <coughs> mm-hmm. yet, right? Yeah, the team here very f- uh, f- focused. Uh, how to say is f- uh, uh, very good at the helping the startup. Committed, to be, to committed find. to the success yeah. of the startup. That's yes. good. It's not just I have idea. Let's work on an idea for a few years. Like they really want to help you to find the customers and 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 everything. When, like when does a startup and uh, finish being a startup? When does a startup is no longer a startup? It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's almost, uh, I would say, a philosophical question. Because I think... I mean, you can be here as a startup for a year, two years, three years, I five think years, some companies, forever. Some, some companies are startups forever. Mm-hmm. It's also a mentality being a startup. Um, I, I think, in, in general. I don't know what's the <laughs> definition of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what, what's your answer to that? What do you think? Not just being... Like, when a startup stop being a startup... Regardless to how long they can stay here under this umbrella, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I guess um, if you if you keep trying the new way of if your you, business operation, if you keep innovating, yeah, keep the keep trying the new way to use any technology, or if if you just you you keep trying something new. You should you should consider your startup. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if if yeah. you, so, if you made a table that's very innovative, mm-hmm. and you were a startup, and then the table um, succeeded and like becomes a commonplace. And 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 now yeah, and now everybody's buying it, and you're not innovating innovating more. Mm-hmm. You're just selling this table. Then just maybe you stop. Then you're just not a startup anymore. Regular maybe. manufacturer. Right. <laughs> Normally people could say that. Yeah. 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 Just to find out. I'm, I'm interested. I, I don't know if, if uh, you know anything, but um, a- AI and uh, the development of AI uh, in cars, it's uh, something that I'm very interested in. Uh, for example, why is it that um, it's so difficult for autopilots in, in intelligent cars to actually work in China. For example, in the United States, Tesla, you can, your car will navigate anywhere, it's allowed. no problem, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a lot more advanced than it is here in China. I, I'm asking because you talk about smart cities. What is missing in China for us to have the next level of, of automated driving? Uh, I for automate for like a self-driving car, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, I personally don't didn't really think about it too much 
and so I don't have good idea how to compare how to self driving here in China mm-hmm. or over there in US or over in US. But for any staying when we talk about a smart city, mm-hmm. so it's not just one single technology. Sometimes it's talk about the recreation, talk about the way how the government wants to manage the city. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there's all kinds of it's related all kinds of technologies. And for us, we we focus on more how 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 we want to how we want to manage the community. Do you yeah. think okay to to make a very simple question? Do you think the advanced um, the advancement in um, Autopilot in America has to do with the car or with the infrastructure. Is the infrastructure smart to communicate enough with the car, and that's what we don't have here in China? Is it the car or is it the city? I would say theoretically, from in from the view of from the uh, uh, point of view, what was it in terms of technology? I would say is um, uh, the infrastructure thing. I mean, when we design the technology, the infrastructure, all kinds of infrastructure, we should con- we should consider. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, but be honestly, I I won't say the self-driving car thing. There's too much advanced in US than in China. That's right. Let me say in U.S. they still require people sitting in the car mm-hmm. for the shopping car thing. You need to put your both hands on, on the, the wheel. wheel. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's the something didn't really get uh, uh, soft in terms of the technology. Let me say, just. Mm-hmm. That's something not re- not just related to the uh, technology, also related to the recreation. People talk about that, a lot. Let me say, you have two kids that have your car. If you have to hit one, how the technology decide which one going to hit? But you know, yeah, I've heard <laughs> this before. So that's I think I think one more to your mm-hmm. equation. I was also kind of what you said in the end there. I think maybe it's not. It's it's neither. Technology or infrastructure, maybe it's more political and regulation. Mm. You know, simply yeah. is that because mm-hmm. because technology, I don't think it can be technology. Technology exists. I mean, you know, it's yeah. the same car. Mm-hmm. You can have it here or there. Um, you know, sensors and cameras and stuff that supports that on the road. China has more than the US. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe only like okay, China also still have those little alleys and 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 some. Streets that are not very um, comfortable, maybe or well plotted, or yes. well. But but uh, my feeling is it's regulation related, just mm. political. No, I, I I I guess because I always from the domain of technology, right? Talks about the technology. I don't be honestly. I don't think we, like a self-driving car is fully ready mm-hmm. anywhere, not a matter in any country. It's, it's not fully ready yet. Uh, not just uh, it, not ready. Not only just the technology, including the technology regulation, the infrastructure. Mm. That's right. We let me say for 
there are some small town in China. Her, like in Shenzhen, there's there's districts yeah, there in Shenzhen. There are some small town. They are re like a they are reorganized like they are some kind of did some infrastructure improvements, right? To make sure the self-driving car can run the whole town. Mm-hmm. What that mean is when we talk about the uh, uh, self-driving, we may need to also think about how we want to uh, change the recreation, how we want to change the way how how people work or the. We probably need to do some like a reorganize the like a redo the infrastructure a little bit. That's right. So it's not just simply about AI technology. It's yeah, it's whole, it's it's, it's a very thing. very it's a huge leap forward. This this is district in Shenzhen, if I'm not mistaken, where they have DDs, and they sense when people are coming out of buildings. Mm-hmm. So they'll kind of like pinpoint which DDs are available and send a. Driverless, well, not Didi, but a car. And driverless. Driverless, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it's all the interaction from the small building, right? From people mm-hmm. get on elevator. Oh, there are ten people coming down. So um, there's always already. Yes, there's just like something like five blocks or something and like they, that. Are they only within the five blocks? Yes, they can. They can. Uh, so it's kind of like a testing area for this kind of interesting coordination and linking of well, Did AI buildings, smart buildings. And transportation. They should just jump straight to flying cars. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Come on, we're waiting for it since the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can, I think, talk for hours about AI. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what I, I do. Yeah, that's what you do. And mm-hmm. and I think that we will we will we will uh, uh, talk in the future more. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another chance to come here visit so if you guys like this topic let us know in the comment section down below and then we'll pay him another visit and right poke his brain a little bit more yes <laughs> thank you thank you for your coming all right guys so you know how it goes um, if you like this video give it a thumbs up and if you like the content of our channels then consider subscribing to it and uh, well until next time this was of course china